show. Comic book flagship. about to record a podcast <laughs> we salute you it's time to talk about iron man 2 iron man 2 shook me out all right so welcome to uh comic book logic uh mcu edition Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two. The Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> Once again, I am your, I am Joe. I am the comic book guy. And with me is the movie guy, Kevin. Hey. All right. So how we we're gonna start this off? Talk about how we always start talk off. We're gonna talk about what do you know about this character? However, it's a little hard to do because this is a. It's a sequel to the first podcast. It's a sequel to the first <laughs> podcast, so it's mostly the same. So I know pretty much exactly what I knew. Plus the first movie, <laughs> plus so Tony Stark and, and Iron Man and all that. Business. And your strange attractedness to uh, Pepper Potts. Uh, well, it's red. It's the red hair. Well, we got some. Uh, we got some new characters introduced in in this one. Um, yeah. We Ivan Venko, the Russian character with Whoa. named Whiplash. Whiplash because it's a V because he's Russian. Yeah, uh, which so he gets rushed. to do for all of about five minutes of screen time. But hey, <laughs> oh, what it is. God, wait till I, I I can't wait to get to the Mickey Rourke discussion on this. <laughs> one. Um, yeah, so Whiplash is is nothing special. He first appeared in 1968. Um, he's been on multiple people have played him. Ivan Vanko is kind of just the traditional person who plays him. He's part of the whole rogues gallery of Iron Man. He's he nowhere near has the gravitas that he has in this film in the backstory. He's just the standard villain. Uh he Cold War villain of of the Iron Man universe. Mm. Yeah, we also have uh another wonderful addition to this cast which is uh Nat- Natalia Romanoff, mm-hmm. another Russian character played by Caucasian. <laughs> Wait, the Caucasian doesn't work because Russians are Caucasian. That's true. Uh played by the Westerner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natasha Romanoff is played by Scarlett Johansson, played by a Swede, apparently. <laughs> uh, Ivan Vanko is played by a Irishman. Sure. <laughs> Natalia Romanoff is played by a uh, by a, a Norwegian, I guess. Ah, I don't Norwegian. know. Okay. Scandinavian. Yeah, let's Scandinavian. Just, I don't just Could be Icelandic, safe. for all I know. No, you'll, it'll be uh, Johan's daughter. Yeah, so we have the Black Widow character who, um, according to the comic book, was born in 1928. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her first appearance was in Avengers 44 in 1967. Uh, so, oh, I'm sorry, 1964. Tales from Suspense number 52 in 1964. Her origin was given in Avengers number 44 in 1967 and Daredevil number 88 in 1972. So she's been around in the Marvel Universe for quite the number of years as well. Um, and once again, they're. Bo- I find it funny that the two characters they introduce are both Cold War leftovers, <laughs> from uh, leftover from the Marvel universe into this film. I I just find it. It's a co- it's coincidental, obviously, but I just find it funny that they both are as played by two, you know, American actors who are obviously not Russian. Are there is there a 
you know, we just talked about on the last podcast about Hulk with Emil Blonsky being played by Tim Roth. Yeah. Another Russian played by an Englishman in this this case, or let's say a person from the UK. I don't know what his nationality is. I'm assuming it's English. I wonder if this is some kind of like the Russians are still acceptable villains, but we don't want to insult them too Too much much. by actually having Russians. So we're going to go ahead and just pretend Uh, so that if there's a there's a complaint, you know, then he could be, oh, he's not really Russian. I mean, like I could do a bit of Russian. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that none of them, none of the people who are actually playing Russians in this movie, in in any of the movies so far in the in the, in the Marvel universe, are even Slavic in nature, in like history. <laughs> it's like it, it's like I could play a better Russian. It's like I'm Polish, but I could play. Yes, I'm playing Russian. I'm doing this. What is going on right now? Scarlett Johansson doesn't even do a good Boris Badenov impression as a Russian. She doesn't even no. bother. She doesn't. She she's just, just like, yeah, yeah. I'm Russian. <laughs> Yeah, but aside from my wife's laughing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there's... Her left boob is Russian, I believe, is what it is. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's left boob is Russian. <laughs> That's the Russian one. <laughs> Moscow, Moscow. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, it's that's all you need. Uh, so, yeah, that's there's not much uh, else in terms of backstory that you needed to add it on to this. Uh, Justin Hammer's also a, uh, an old Iron Man villain. Kind, ah. Not quite as um, silly as this movie makes him out to be, but he is a, uh, a regular. And this also marks the first actual appearance of, uh, of uh, Nick Fury. And Nick Fury yeah, and Shield. First official appearance. Yeah. yeah. He shows up at the very end uh of Iron Man, Man One. One. And uh here he is inserted very obviously and uh purposefully into the narrative. He gives him he gives Tony Stark all of the information he needs to win the movie. Yeah, essentially it's like Hi there, I'm representative of Shield. It stands for Strategic Homeland Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just so you know, uh, Nick Fury's uh, first appearance was in Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos number one. Oh. And uh, as we said on the, I believe on the Iron Man podcast, Nick Fury was originally, uh, of course, a white character. And in the Marvel's comic, uh, Marvel Ultimates, he was pl- uh, he was drawn to look like Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. which was part of the sweetening of the pot to get Samuel L. Jackson into the movie. Yeah, um, it, works it, for me. And it works for me, too. It's like, I love Samuel. I think it's like one of the most choice castings that they've done so far with it. But you actually get his first uh, background appearance. Now, In the, it's hard to talk about the th- uh, the characters that are brought into this movie with their original Marvel intention, especially side characters. Because, of course, Iron Man, uh, Hulk have always been updated year after year. And, you know, every decade or so, they get an updated origin. Yeah, Nick Fury is... You know, he's a World War II leftover. Same, like, all of these Russian characters, uh, Whiplash, uh, Black Widow, they're all Cold War, you know, relics. Right, right, right. So it's really hard to talk about, like, their backstory in relation to who they are in the movie now. So you just kind of take it at face value. Because it's, it's like to talk about, well, she was originally a Russian KGB agent. And it's like, what? Who are they? It's like, <laughs> well, you see, back in the day. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we're what's remo- the Soviet Union? <laughs> well, <laughs> for a lot of the. Yeah, it, it's it's you always it's always this balance that they seem to want to strike between uh, being able to reference that and being like, there are still those loyal to, you know, and then trying to update it where we're talking about like. 
um, the war on terror and post 9 11. Yeah. Uh, you know, the modern Dick warfare. Cheney's America. And, right. As I like and to call drones. It. And yeah. we've got to, we've got to insert all of this, but it still has that Cold War because, hey, that made for great stories. Hell yeah. After they when the, when great the, Ber- villains. When the Berlin Wall fell, so did American culture. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the American pop culture. Um, Who's G.I. Joe going to fight now? Yeah, they have to make something up. Well, Cobra, they could be anybody. Make them up. (laughs) They're snake people, I So now is the part where we, so we recap, recap the, movie. the movie. This was actually Ugh. this is very interesting because Kevin we and just I watched just it watched it five minutes ago. Right. It yeah, ended. it just ended. Ugh. We watched. This the... was the first time I had seen the movie since I saw it in the theater, and I watched back it in last 2010. Night, so. And... <laughs> so this is very fresh in both very, of our yeah. minds, and we'll still probably forget things, but we'll try to 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 hit the highlights. Okay, so let me set the scene. We open up with the we open up tones. No, no, <laughs> we open up in Moscow. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I mean, and not just Moscow. Stereo. They this the scene opens in stereotypical Soviet Russia. Not even post Berlin Wall Russia. I mean, this yeah. is like Soviet. It's era. snowing there, because it always is. There's people wearing fur coats and big fur hats. Half of them are bears. I think there was people. Mar- I think they saw missiles getting paraded down the street <laughs> in Red Square. It was seriously. The most it was it was just a stereotype and a half. People were visiting the the preserved <laughs> body of Vi Lenin <laughs> on display in the square. Oh, <laughs> uh, you laughed, but it was so true. Ah, uh, yes, it's very Russia. Yeah, where you where we we get a close up on a of a stereotypical Russian man with a mustache dying, um, and it, calling his son. Over and his son Ivan over, who turns out to be Mickey Rourke, looking like a maniac, hot off of his Academy Award nominated a performance uh, as the wrestler. Did he win for that? I don't remember if he won. Yeah, that might have been something to look up. But yeah, he was just. (laughs) Why do research? We just watched this movie. My brain. I mean, I only watched the wrestler to see uh, um, what's her face naked, but that's just (laughs) me. Oh yeah. But yeah, so um, we start off in the, uh, in this and in the background of him, you know, where his father's like, "You must avenge me" or something like that. Doesn't really matter. He's just like, "Son, I have to tell you exposition." Um, you hear the background of Tony Stark telling everyone it's the end of the first movie where Tony Stark is Stone, Tony Stark is telling everyone that he is Iron Man. So you you have that going on in the background and. Then, of course, Mickey Rourke gives off this Klingon death cry that you can only hear in, uh, uh, you know, in Star Trek The Next Generation. He did not win. He did not win. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I was looking it up. And so this is his call to action. He designs a battle suit that he will use to go fight Tony Stark. <laughs> for yeah. Some, for some Completely odd reason. Completely practical. 
Yes. Body um, suit. Yes, and it turns out that uh, Anton's father had created the arc reactor with Howard Stark, according to the blueprints that we we are so obviously shown, and they show a close-up on their names. Yes. So you're like, oh, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John Favreau, for that. <laughs> um, but it turns... So then switch to the Stark Spo. Uh, <laughs> the, the Stark Expo. Right, they invented the Stark reactor. Yes. The and Stark now Spo. we're at the Stark Spo. The Stark Expo, which is, I believe, where they went after uh, Montreal kicked them out. <laughs> Uh, I love that joke. Never gets old. No, it never gets old. Where Tony Stark uh, lands and gives this whole big thing about how he's, you know, saved the world himself. He's, you know, feeding his ego. But it turns out that his blood is being poisoned <gasps> by palladium. Yeah. Which is what we use in our our car's catalytic converters to take out a lot of the toxins out. Just so you know, like, like when you're actually poisoned by palladium i i look this up it's basically the same thing as having like radiation poisoning it's the exact same thing you oh. lose your hair you get scars and stuff like that palladium is also the name of that uh it's a that cable game. network oh. channel uh <laughs> there, that cable uh cable network that uh, shows concerts and stuff oh yeah and it's also the name of a company that makes rpgs oh yeah i i believe yeah which is also the same as getting radiation poisoning, poisoning. yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, pretty much. So yeah, they have this big Stark Expo where we have um, um, Roger Sterling comes up. At, yes, as as uh, Walt Disney. Roger Sterling, <laughs> Sterling as Walt Disney, or or Howard Stark in this case, explaining to how the Stark Expo is the wonderful world of tomorrow. <laughs> hey, teams with Tomorrowland, <laughs> where you just expect him to have a cigarette in one hand and a whiskey in the other. Yes. That's, uh, I'll get into it, but that's one of my favorite performances in this entire movie. It's just Roger <laughs> Sterling in this movie. What is this even? Is John Slattery? That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> I got to start remembering people's names instead of just the characters they play. It's okay. That's that's part of our thing. I understand. Yeah, but it turns out that Stark is being poisoned by his own arc reactor, the Stark reactors we like to call it. Mm -hmm. And they they it turns out the palladium is poisoning it, but he can't find a, a, a suitable replacement for the palladium. Right, he's been using he's been looking at different flowers. He's been trying to use <laughs> Lorenzo's oil to try to but then he sends a blood sample. To, oh wait. No, 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 no. no, no it's been yet, a long day of comic book movies. I can't Oh, okay. He's All tried right. every combination of, of element there is, of every atom there is, I think is what he... Or every, no, he said He's every, tried every, helium every... chloride. <laughs> He's tried... He's tried... Barium cobalt. <laughs> Baronic mercury. <laughs> I like to imagine that there's like a chemist listening right now, just screaming into his yeah with 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 us on his headphones just like you can't combine those. that's the joke sir that's the, I that's know. the joke there's a, there's actually a cut scene in the movie where the, he goes and tries different combinations of the 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 different elements to see if they work i mean it's it's nice it was it was i'm glad they cut it because it's not really that useful <laughs> makes for a good bonus feature on a dvd yeah, exactly it's, it's like let's try tungsten unihexium <laughs> something like that but anyway as, as so as he's so as he's finding out that he's dying he can't find a patient for palladium he gives over the company he gives over stark industries to pepper pots right who, he knows he's dying yeah he's gotta step down yeah etc 
etc. Cetera, et cetera, really et cetera. Doing, he wasn't really doing anything to run the company anyway, so it's not like yeah. he's stepping down from anything. Yeah. Kevin was a little upset. He's like, is this company publicly traded? <laughs> Can he even do this? <laughs> I was assured that, <laughs> that he owns, he majority, owns a majority share, <laughs> then he is allowed. You hey, do, I have to look out for these things. You do have a degree right? in economics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I have a degree in... in, in Iron Man, feral menology. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so he gives over Pepper Potts, but a great little scene where she she's complaining that he's given all like a $6.8 million art trust to uh, the Boy Scouts of America before the whole gay, anti-gay thing happens. So the yeah. joke worked back then. Now yeah. it's just like, Tony Stark's not really in touch. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody, but he he didn't reference MySpace, but they do reference YouTube, YouTube. So we're, that's the we're thing, there. though. At least we're getting there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, she also says, "Have you Google? Are you Googling her?" Sure. Well, I mean, what what was she gonna say? Did you did you bing it? <laughs> she wasn't gonna say that. Nobody says that. That's not a verb. It's true. Are you checking out her MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's in her? Who were her top friends? Yeah. Well, that's that leads us to the Who's next in scene. Her top eight. Well, the next scene, which is only written into the movie to introduce uh, Natalie Rushman, the yeah. new executive assistant, uh, played by Scar jo, Scarlett Johansson herself. Yeah. Yeah, she shows up, and um, it turns out she's a fully capable woman who can fight John Favreau. I can fight John Favreau. That's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does beat up that guy later. He does. I mean, like... I mean, just barely. It takes him the whole scene. I mean, but... the only way that... The only the real way you beat John Favreau is you go, hey, you want to go get a go get a Maxwell Street Polish? And you'd be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you beat him by saying that, uh, you know, Maid wasn't very good. <laughs> Dustin, why'd you, why'd you, why'd cast, you cast Dustin Diamond in that movie? <laughs> and Sean Puffy Combs. Sean Puffy Combs, yeah. Actually, he was pretty good in that movie. Yes, he was. <laughs> I'll allow it. I got to stand up for John Favreau. He's a local Chicago boy, so. I know. Eh. I got no beef with him. <laughs> I got no beef with him. I, I got um, no no roast beef. Oh, you know what we totally forgot? Oh, what? We, we forgot the scene where... Uh, where uh, Tony is forced to go in front of... Oh, great. The introduction like, of Larry Sanders. The introduction Senator of... Larry Sanders. <laughs> Senator Larry Sanders. Yes, after the expo, before the scene with Scarlett Johansson, uh, he's uh, Tony Stark is forced to go in front of the Senate Arms Committee for some odd reason, <laughs> which is headed by uh, Senator Larry Sanders. <laughs> Or Gary Shandling, or whatever we want to call right. him in this one. I don't even remember what his real name is. <laughs> those lines have been blurred since the mid nineties. Hey, you're gonna go. You're gonna bring the Iron Man suit, and you're gonna give it to the. It's US. the Iron Man weapon. Uh, David Duchovny told me <laughs> when I that you. What's the matter? Yeah, I gotta give over the suit. <laughs> so I can only do a Rip Torn impression. So, Hank, would you start the PowerPoint, Hank? <laughs> I, the... I almost have it working. I, I almost got it. Did you download the update? Like, it's a it's a funny scene. <laughs> I kind of want to do now the entire podcast yeah, as just Gary, various characters from Gary the Larry Shandling. Sanders uh, show. Yeah, I, I watch for our Larry Sanders podcast coming in <laughs> summer of 2015. By the way, I do like uh, it's it's a fun scene because it's it's Iron Man, ba- but it's 
it's a basically a rehash of the opening scene where he's like, I've just privatized world peace. I'll bet he's in league with the bad guys, by the way. We Gary don't Shandling. know that we I know, but I'm we'll, I'm we'll willing see in to the future. Bet. I'm willing to bet. I I am gonna put money on that now. That he's he's a bad guy. I'll wait for the reveal. Well he's kinda of, sort of the biggest villain in this whole movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's basically just a rehash of the first scene where he's or Tony Stark is just saying, I've privatized world peace. We also introduced to Justin Hammer, who is a Pentagon weapons liaison, played by the played criminally, criminally underrated Sam Rockwell. Played with gusto. With gusto. By Sam Rockwell. Muy gusto. And I, I said that I was glad that Edward Norton played Hulk, because otherwise he probably would have played Hammer, and that would have been... Uh, that that would not have given Sam Rockwell this chance to shine. Oh, just a, a beautiful performance by Sam Rockwell as as Justin Hammer, who very physical, yeah. very expressive. Yeah. Enjoyed the hell out of it. And we also see in the scene. I guess the scene actually is very important because it also brings back James Rhodey Rhodes, who has gotten a full workover and transformed into Don Cheadle. Yes. Who now for the rest of the podcast we'll be referring to Don Cheadle's last name as a verb. Right. As in, he cheatled that part. He, he got cheatled. He, he got, got cheatled out of that part. <laughs> and that's... No, no, no. Uh, uh, Terrence Howard got cheated. Terrence che- Howard, yes. Got Terrence Howard out got cheatled out of the part of James Rhodey Rhodes. Yeah. It's played by uh, the guy from Hotel Rwanda, <laughs> who actually seems to be enjoying the part for a change <laughs> instead yeah. of being like, I don't like what I'm doing here. <laughs> Right, looking like the movie is physically painful, painful. him, yeah. painful for him. So after um, we we are introduced back to the part with Natalia Romanoff, or I'm sorry, Natalie Rushman. Yes, um, we are done. Take it to Monaco <laughs> in sequelitis state. Uh, you have to go to Europe for some odd reason in every sequel. That's vi- yes, it's yeah. very true. We're going to Monaco, where apparently the Monaco Grand Prix is being run. Sure. That's a thing they do. They love their Formula One in uh, Europe. It's Formula One and and soccer. (laughs) That's true. Um, Where they have the Grand Prix, and Tony Stark has decided that he is going to drive in the Grand Prix. A lot of other stuff happens beforehand. Not really important. It's it's just a a thing to move Tony Stark so that he could drive a Grand Prix card. It's almost as... We can have our pod race. Yeah, so you can have your pod race in this scene. It's almost as if... um, Who's the guy from The Great Escape? Uh, Oh, Steve McQueen. See, it's almost as if Steve McQueen was playing Iron Man. He's like, I have to have a race car scene in this. It's like almost what it felt like. Yeah. Um, I'm going to wear a cable knit sweater and I'm going to drive this car. (laughs) uh, You really should be wearing a full body suit when you're (laughs) driving. No, 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 no. Cable knit sweater. This is fine. This is fine. Um, as they're, you know, as the cars are driving through the Grand Prix, uh-oh, who's that guy working on the sidelines with <laughs> all the Russian conspicuous with all the Russian tattoos? <laughs> oh. I am being inconspicuous. Can you not tell, comrade? <laughs> no one noticed me. The sad thing is, is we're doing better Russian accents than Mickey Rourke did. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't want to piss Mickey Rick, Mickey Rourke off because no. he's like he would. Like, I love Mickey Rourke as an actor, and but... he listens to this. He, we know that he does. He listens to everything. He's got, like, a botnet going on where he just keeps track of every time his name's mentioned on a podcast. Yeah. Um, I like him as an actor, but, I mean, come on. He couldn't do a Russian he, accent. This was... Yeah, this, this was not his yeah. finest moment. No. Um, he runs... He doesn't run. He just casually saunters out into the sure. track. And what's this? He has whip hands. He has electric whip thingies. <laughs> 
like something out of a Xanadu, the movie Xanadu, or <laughs> or like a. I don't know. I was I just, thinking like Sailor Moon or yeah, something some, like, like anime, some weird yeah. anime like laser whip thing. Electric whip. Well, it would be a laser whip in the anime, but yeah. yes, we've got the lightning bolts. It's making lightning bolt it's noises, crackling. and uh, he's whipping cars in half. Hundreds of people are dying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just like they never acknowledge it that anyone yeah. has died, but there's the no body count could, in yeah. this film is astronomical. <laughs> astronomical. <laughs> Uh, just whipping cars in half and everything. And oh, oh, here comes Tony Stark's car, and it gets whipped in half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. But Pepper Potts sees that he's doing this and gets Happy Hogan to drive the car onto the track opposite of the way all the other cars are driving. It's the Grand Prix. It's only six miles. Like, you could literally drive the same way as the other cars and come back around. And, <laughs> you know, it's much safer that way. Yeah. Uh, it then drives the car, which is what, what would we say it was like a. Uh, it looked like a Rolls Royce Rolls or something. Sure, it wasn't no, a I don't know Monte Carlo. Oh. Uh, I don't think it was. I think I it was probably Rolls Royce. I don't. I don't know cars. We no, we need Pat B on the podcast. He'd tell us. Yeah. But the uh, yeah, he drives the Rolls Royce right into Mickey Rourke, not <laughs> killing him or severing him in half in any way, shape, or form. No. I've seen people hit by cars going at 15 miles an hour, and it's terrifying. This car was going like 40. <laughs> Smashed up against a guardrail. Yeah. Still alive. Yeah. It must have been the whip hands. Yeah. As as the whip hand, as, as Ivan, uh, a.k.a. Whiplash, is using his whips to... Uh, and then someone said like, oh, uh, I got whiplash. <laughs> Just to work in, as yeah. we know. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into obvious that. Obvious name. Yeah. And uh, is he whipping at Tony Stark? But so there's a very a pretty uh, some decent comic relief as uh, Pepper's trying to give Tony the the yeah. suitcase that contains his his suit. Um, it's just it's pretty funny how it works. But it's like also there's a laser whip involved with this. People could get seriously hurt. So finally, he gets the the suit uh, the suitcase puts on the suit, which is actually from the Iron Man comics, mind you. The suitcase, oh, because back in the day, he used to have to keep the whole chest piece on to stay alive. Okay. It wasn't just the arc reactor; it was the chest piece, and he would keep the rest of the armor in the suit, right. in a suitcase. <laughs> right. So he'd a open up the suit, yeah, the garment bag, <laughs> unzip it, put it on, puts it on over his clothes. His clothes come out nice and pressed. <laughs> Yes. That was my joke from earlier when he's at the uh, Stark Expo. He comes, he takes off the suit, and he's in a uh, the Iron Man suit, and he's in a full three piece suit, and it's fully pressed. You know, no wrinkles. I get, I sit down in a car in my suit, and it's wrinkled. So, <laughs> um, so he, he puts on the suit out of the Iron Man, a nice little piece of technology. It looks like a transformer, and he fights Whiplash and eventually beats him. And yeah. of course, you know, eventually in like two and a half minutes. I mean, it's a yeah, very it's, short battle. Yeah. It'd There's be, some jumping around. It's like, hey, Iron Man, shouldn't you snap his neck and kill him so he can't use his laser whips anymore? <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I don't kill people. But he just killed like 40 people in front of everyone. He's obviously guilty and insane. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just a humble race car driver. <laughs> like Steve McQueen. <laughs> this is my job now. It's my job. I drive race cars. Here, Pepper, you be Iron Man. I drive race cars. Was, but I'm CEO of the company. That was fun. But anyway, this is uh, – now everyone's freaking out because now everyone has – is this thing exactly what Senator Stearns from uh, – a.k.a. Senator Gary Shandling said mm-hmm. was that 
you know, the Iron Man suit is dangerous. People are going to have it. The the comic book movie sequel thing where you've got to have, uh, you know, the, the, the antics of the hero inspires the, the, uh, other people yeah. to do the thing. Similar things, and then now you gotta fight them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, now you got now you gotta fight them. Now you gotta fight them. Oh, but lo and behold, he didn't kill Ivan Vanko because he's gonna be in jail in a Monaco jail. In a, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. You go to Monaco jail, which is uh, a um, a guy's apartment. <laughs> it's a loft. Uh, it's, it's a loft, a loft. space slash art gallery. <laughs> yeah, I assume. Princess I don't know anything about Monaco. <laughs> it's on the south uh, south coast of France. It's, there, there you it's, go. It's a principality. Uh, it's very rich as high GDP uh, for its uh, per person. It's it's pretty nice. There's only eight people there. So Princess Grace. <laughs> well, for a bit. Rest, rest in peace. <laughs> she got her car got whipped in half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> too soon? Nah. Yeah. So, but he's not gonna be kept in that little loft for very long because Justin Hammer has plotted to break him out and and it's sprung by an exploding potato. <laughs> Is potato. This it's like no, no, Ivan, don't don't eat the plastic explosives. The, oh, oh. all right. Send well, him another and, one. And it's true in Russia that uh that potato that was worth a lot. <laughs> and, and the, well, he it, tried to turn the 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 plastic explosive potato into vodka. Yeah, <laughs> this is how I do it. It's, it's okay. Hey, if he's gonna play an egregious Russian stereotype, <sighs> we, I am allowed will, oh, to make fun of Russian stereotypes are, in the that, context of that movie. Well, the it's not even that's that's. That is a that in that movie Soviet the Soviet Union never fell according that, to like right. where he was. That's true. Um, but yeah, so uh, Iron Man, uh, everyone's against Iron Man right now. Is Justin Hammer brings Ivan Vanko into his fold and wants him to build Iron Man suits. Yeah, for the and the whole plot is so that he can get a military contract. You know how easy it is to get a military con. I have military contracts. <laughs> it's like, you know, how dumb you got to be not to get a military contract. You make weapons. You do- that's all you need. They'll never not buy weapons. Yeah, it's like, what kind of weapons you got? Oh, I, I, I beat steel we- until it's semi sharp. <laughs> we'll take it. We spend more on weapons <laughs> and defense than everyone else in the world spends Com- on everything combined. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, they 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 build all these suits, uh, all these Iron Man suits, and you can't get them to work. So that's what Ivan Vanko is supposed to be doing, aka Whiplash. Whiplash. So as that's going on, um, Tony Stark is is slowly going lower and lower, sinking lower and lower into depression as the palladium poisoning is killing him. He, but now it's his birthday, and so he decides to throw a birthday party and gets the late great DJ AM to uh, DJ uh. it. And they they play some music that's not really appropriate, I guess, for no. like a, mod, a 2010 party. But he gets to play his own mashup. He gets to play so, his mashups you know, and everything that's like that. Big yeah. moment. Tony Stark is drunk in the Iron Man suit, you know, uh, spinning the the rhymes. But Rhodey sees this and he doesn't want any part of it. He doesn't approve. He does not approve. So he goes and puts on another Iron Man suit and they fight. Yeah. To. Uh, Another one bites the dust by Queen. <laughs> to a whole ma- to his whole mashup. Yeah, it's whole mashup. Yeah. You get some Another one bites the dust, and then you get then you, you end up some, with it takes two. It takes two, and then it goes into Robot Rock. Yeah, where eventually they blow up Tony Stark's house. <laughs> yeah, fighting. again. And Rhodey, I'm pretty sure it gets gets blown up at the end of the first movie as well. And the, I mean, that, yeah, that, it's, that damn house just over and over again with yeah. the blowing it up. Yeah, 
And then he, uh, Tony Stark should not be allowed around glass, is all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like every time he's near a window, it just shatters in a billion pieces. So uh, Rhodey steals the suit and takes it to the Air Force for some odd reason. I don't know why he took the suit. It just seemed... Yeah, he, just, he just liked it. I, I think he, he was... wanted to keep it. I think he was like... I think he was finally like... Maybe it was like from the beginning when they're at the thing, and he's like, maybe the government should have this because we can't trust Tony Stark anymore. Maybe that was what it was all about. Mm. I don't know. So he takes it to the Air Force Base and has Justin Hammer put a bunch of new weapons on it. Yeah. Oh, and we, we forgot the, the great scene. This is the part of every Marvel movie that we like, where they announce the name of a person, a character, in the oh, dialogue, yes. where it's like... Oh, you want to be a war machine or something like that. It's so bad. I it's hate it when they do that. the guy who said it. They have to stop doing that in the movies. Well, you know, eventually everything will be sequels when we'll have already done it, and then they'll never have to you do it again. You guys are regular guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they basically do say that. In I know the they do. I know. That's what I'm saying. Almost exactly okay, like can't jump that. the timeline. We don't know if no, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, we don't know that they say that, <laughs> boy, we're that, assuming. Boy, that doctor sure is strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He moves through those trees like a Black Panther. <laughs> uh, it's... Thor. <laughs> Wait, that one doesn't work. No, That's no, his no. Name. Would be like, it would be like, oh, that he, he sure is going to be Thor in the morning. <laughs> what? I have a lisp. <laughs> Introduce a character with a lisp just so we can say Thor. Look, Captain America, it's the Winter Soldier. <laughs> All right, we're getting okay, a little we're off stop. topic. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, so Justin Hammer equips it with a bunch of different weapons. Um, in the meantime... Uh, Tony Stark is drunk, hungover, and hanging out at Randy's Donuts. Yeah, where we, where lo and behold, our good friend Nick Fury, Nick Fury. who's who somehow manages within five minutes of dialogue not to say the f word at least once. That's which, a new record. New record for Samuel L. Jackson. Like every line should have been punctuated by at least one curse word. Um, I don't know how he did it. And we also learned that Natalie Rushman is Natalia Romanoff, uh, a member of <gasps> S.H.I.E.L.D. In a great scene where, where you know, Iron Man looks at her and goes, you're f- fired. <laughs> I don't that know. That was good. It was, it was pretty good. It, was, it seemed very natural. Another great scene was Samuel L. Jackson talking to someone, sitting across from a, a washed up white actor <laughs> in, a in a diner. Yeah. Love it. Something that he perfected in the cool. mid-90s. <laughs> Uh, and, but and it's it's basically that scene is is great for the acting, but it's also just Iron Man. I need to tell you about all this exposition, <laughs> and then that's yeah. that's what it is for literally it's when you tune out for literally two whole scenes of ex not three whole scenes of exposition, where uh, Nick Fury basically tells him that the arc reactor was just the first step. His dad was working on something better. Um, you know the arc reactor but in a triangle form yeah well, for, getting ahead sorry yeah. so basically so he nick fury gives his dad was in shield and blah 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 yeah. all stuff that should have been said a long time ago to tony stark everyone was in shield <laughs> exactly so he gives him a trunk full of his, his his old stuff they give him the trunk open it up you know it's got all fil- kodak film important papers that explain the plot <laughs> right i love i love that all this stuff was sort of grouped together by like 
so contextually that it was like <laughs> this trunk will be useful in 2010 right around now yeah let's give that to him now we'll, we'll we'll save this other trunk for two years later yeah you and you and you have old film reels of john slattery doing his best walt disney impression yeah you know and saying tony someday this will be important to you Pay attention. <laughs> I could be more direct because, you know, I'm your father and I'm talking to you, but uh, nope, I'm going to make you work for it a little bit. <laughs> I like riddles. <laughs> also, I'm a little drunk. <laughs> they do show quite a number of scenes of him drinking. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's Slattery brought his own. <laughs> Slattery just brought his own. We're, we're, we're right. I don't know what season of uh, Mad Men he was filming, but I'm pretty sure they just... Uh, it had to be early. It had to be like first or second season. Yeah, that's yeah. it could be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So eventually, Tony Stark is like, oh, okay. So he goes to see Pepper for some odd reason. I don't... Like... He says something like I don't understand like the way that he got from watching the thing to the main office, but he goes and tells Pepper. Yeah, he just talk- went. It and, just went. Right. But then she's he, in her office. But then he looks at the model, and then he gets the idea. He sees the the key is here. Yeah. or whatever. But, this is the key all along. But what was? Why Pay did attention he... to this model thing, dum dum. Well, the- <laughs> hello, dummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, that's what I don't get is like how did he make that leap? Like he was like he saw, he was watching his dad and he was like oh okay it made him seem like he understood at that point right yeah but then he went to the office and then he looked at the model and got the idea after he looked at the model I didn't it was so it was weird at that point but he looks at the model and he gets the idea he takes the model back to Stark Industries sc- scans it and he finds that it's a a new atom or a new <laughs> element and I'm just like right it's like that doesn't make any sense if you have a basic knowledge of science you know that. Elements just kind of form a natural progression. You know, it's like you just add one more electron and one more proton. Boom, you have an element. You know, you you can go, go infinite with that. I mean, they sometimes might... they only last for a millisecond, Second, but and they you get exist. to name it. Yeah, but they do exist. exist. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, we found a new element. Well, it's, it's, they're all hypothetical in their existence. You know, so he was able to somehow. I mean, they never really explain it. They explain it about as much as they explain the arc reactor in the first movie. Yeah, it runs off. The bravado, bravado. <laughs> it runs off machismo. <laughs> they have a new moxie. El- <laughs> we call the new element moxium, moxinium, <laughs> moxinium. Yes, uh, yeah, it, you know, MacGuffium. That's what yeah, it runs off, right? Yeah, yes, <laughs> MacGuffinium. That's what they should call the new element. Um, so yeah, they they create the new element, and guess what? It makes him better, stronger, faster. <laughs> More, more Daft Punk, punk music <laughs> starts playing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Another missed opportunity. Just like calling it the Stark Reactor. The Stark Reactor. Marvel, you need me. Stark's bow. <laughs> Your puns are not nearly up to snuff. No, they're not. So, yeah, they, they create the, the this new element, and it makes him so much better. And just enough time to fly. Oh, and then he gets a call from Ivan Vanko. He finds out is still alive. I'm still alive. I'm going to do a thing. You'd better go get into position to fight me. <laughs> I, I could ha- call not call you, and then you would not now. know, and I would win. <laughs> but I'm going to call you because I really want you to show up so I can shoot at you. <laughs> okay. So he flies the Justin Hammer giving a presentation at the Starks bow with all of his drones that are now created. Doing cute Vigo. little dances. Yeah, they're presenting. Playing anchors away and everything else. 
Anchors Away. They do. They play Anchors. They play all the. They play the yeah. uh, the, uh, the Marine Corps hymn, Anchors true. Away, or, uh, uh, Wild Blue Yonder. All of that stuff. It's all up there. Yeah. Because all the drones are are really America's the, greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. Coast Guard. <laughs> Little small robots come out. <laughs> they got little sailor hats on. <laughs> they look like Jerry the Mouse. <laughs> Dancing with Gene Kelly. Say so it's because uh, yeah. Anchor's away. Right. Yeah. All right. I, it's I, I lost your, on I, you people. I get your reference. <laughs> Lorenzo's oil. Um, so they do the, the Anchor's away. They do that whole thing. Oh, but Iron Man shows up, and there's Rhodey in his war machine outfit that's called, like, the... The something of VR, the Killbot Five Thousand, Killbot Five Thousand, and he's talking with Rhodey, and he's like, "Where's Vankov? He's still alive. He's working with Justin Hammer." And Justin Hammer's like, "What? Oh no, he betrayed me. Uh... Curse your inevitable betrayal." <laughs> and the robot starts shooting at Tony Stark amongst all of the people, shattering glass of the dome onto th- untold thousands. Oh, so many people, so many dead. There's easily like. 3,000 people in that built in that uh, stadium at that moment. At least one person had dead. to had to get a uh, like an artery nicked or something like yeah. that. So many. Oh, just so we. I don't think we saw a single, you know, ambulance show up. <laughs> no. We see any first responders. No. No one knew CPR. So, but it turns out that Vanko is controlling all of the drones and Rhodey. Yeah. With um, his computer. <laughs> with, Who's because we all know that he he's hacks a, the net. He's he's a hacksaw. Yeah, he hacks his, the net, and then he can control the, all the killbots. Because we have, we have, if I think of anything of, of Mickey Rourke, it's his computer skills. Oh yeah, yeah, excellent typing abilities there. <laughs> that that Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he's a regular wrestler with technology. <laughs> yeah, it's only he's only surpassed by Justin Long from Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> um, with so he they do the. Of course, they have to do this giant chase where all the drones are chasing Tony Stark, and and War Machine is chasing Tony Stark as well, yeah. shooting at flying him. around. Yeah, and it's just basically four or five minutes of them flying around, shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy because you know Iron Man's not going to die. And then they will uh, no, you know, but you never know. And then they crash into a biodome. Yeah, they crash into that appears just to be there for some <laughs> yeah. reason. The world of Japan. <laughs> in case you didn't see, there was a big Japanese arch in there as well. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's, though it's the world of Japan, and uh, eventually at this point Natalia is going she's, to Hammer she's Industries. On she's she's Black Widow. She's time. turned into Black Widow. They never call her Black Widow in the movie. No, but her she and Happy Hogan break into Hammer Industries, and while he's beating up one guy, she's throwing like shocky feet things at people and explodey feet mm-hmm. things at people. She maces a guy. She maces a guy. She uses a garrot at one point. Yeah, like, that's just uncalled for. Wow. Well. well. Um, all the other guys are like, oh, thank God. I, and it was like, oh, I can't believe she tasered me. Oh, I got mace in the face. And then she look at the one guy, he's got his throat slit. And they're like, oh, man. Whoa. <laughs> that was uncalled for. Oh, it was Phil's last day. <laughs> he he oh. had one day to retirement. Oh, man. He had a wife and kids. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but uh, they managed to break in, and she resets the war machine uh, computer yeah. system. And... Uh, and he's now able to fight with Tony Stark against Yay. all the other drones. But as they defeat all the drones... Then it's the two CG robots shooting at all the other CG yeah. robots. And uh, it's fun. It's explosive. They, yeah. you know, they, they use lasers. They punch and shoot and yeah. smash and, and zap. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, oh, 
of course, at the end of the movie, uh, Ivan Vanko has to show up in a bigger robot suit yeah. with with his whips. whip hands with laser whips yeah or electro whips it just does not seem like what i would go with i don't know <laughs> maybe chainsaws buzzsaws <laughs> something that isn't just so tactile well i don't know let's just be let's be lucky that i mean iron man like shoots magic out of his hands and this guy's like making some whips uh well Let's be glad they chose Whiplash instead of some other Iron Man villains, such as Stilt Man, oh. which is exactly as it sounds. <laughs> I'm not lying there. I'm, I look forward to Iron Man 3. Four. In the inev- four. Oh, well, no, 3, because we don't three, know, three, we don't know who three, that's going to yeah. be, yeah. Uh, and the appearance of Stilt Man. <laughs> um, eventually, they're able to beat him by teamwork. <laughs> Using Yay. teamwork. The power the, of teamwork. The buddy system. The buddy system, exactly. Um, they end up saving the day with the cost of millions of lives. Yeah, millions of lives, billions of dollars. Uh, Justin Hammer's arrested, uh, and Pepper Potts and Tony kiss. Yeah. And it doesn't look believable at all. No. No. Well, you know. And of course, his, his uh, Rody Road sidekick there has to chime in and say that he's keeping the suit and flies away. <laughs> um, after that, um, we have a scene where... Senator Shandling is is giving the medals. Then we have a scene where Nick Fury is uh, talking about how Iron Man is not needed for the Avengers Initiative. He's more of a consultant. Yeah, and let's see. That's why he will not show up in the Avengers movie. Nope. I assume. As we are maybe as, in the beginning and the end, that'll be it. He he's going to be instrumental at all. He's going to consult and consult only. That's that's what I assume. Yes, and uh, and that's technically the end of the movie until we have the teaser at the end where Coulson is uh, driving in the desert and finds that there's a hammer in the oh, desert. I wonder what that could possibly be. Whose hammer is it? I don't know. Uh, Whoever it is, it's going to be Thor in the morning. <laughs> what? I have a lip. <laughs> the end. Uh, not to be confused with the bad guy whose name is Hammer. <laughs> All right, so once again, that's a, that's another uh, Iron Man movie right there. Uh, let's go into a little trivia for the movie. Three episodes, two characters. Two characters. Um, I feel the, like that could have been done differently. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think the biggest piece of trivia for the making of this movie is, um, well, there's a couple. One is the uh, transfer, uh, Terrence Howard to um, mm-hmm. Don Cheadle. Terrence Howard cheatling, like, cheatled out Don of the part. Cheadle. He was cheatled out of the part. He was cheatled out of the part. I gotta make sure I'm using this it's verb correctly. correctly. It's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. He was. Um, so the the basis of the whole argument, as I was able to research, was that uh, Terrence Howard was actually the first person to sign on to the original Iron Man as Rhodey Rhodes. Hmm. Um, James Rhodey Rhodes. And so, when the success of the first movie, he wanted to pay raise for the second movie. Marvel was not willing to pay up for a side character such as that so they opted to dump him and bring on don and bring on someone else to replace him in the part not that i would necessarily think that it's such a bad thing i mean as i said i think in the last pocket 
Terrence Howard wasn't anything special in the movie. Um, he was kind of replaced. He wasn't like instrumental in the movie. Yeah, and it's not that D- Don Cheadle was that much better, but you know, it's I think he was somewhat better in the movie. Yeah. Well, he just seemed just... to be enjoying himself more. Yeah, not that he was that much better of an actor, but he just enjoying himself more. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. got a pay bump uh, instead. Sure. In the big thing right there. That's the first bit, I think, of, of interesting production trivia. The next one is, of course, the indomitable Mickey Rourke. Uh-huh. <sighs> Mickey Rourke. Where can we go with this? Nothing against Mickey Rourke. Love Mickey Rourke. A great actor. Lots of uh, potential there, I think. But I don't know. Yeah, I just thought the character was Holy jeez. What were they thinking? <laughs> Okay, so first off, Mickey Rourke, all of the, everything that you see with Mickey Rourke, that was all his decision. That was none of the production design on that. I'm pointing at the screen right now, even though no one on the podcast can see this. <laughs> the tattoos, the hair, the gold teeth, and the parrot were all his decision Yeah. in the part. And they just let him run it's with a, it. It's a cockatiel, Joe. Cockatiel, sorry. It's a cockatiel. But that was all his decision. He, they They just let him do that. Yeah, well, you know. After Edward Norton <laughs> rewriting the Hulk, they figured, why not? Yeah, ex- I, I guess that's the, the Norton Hulk. actually wanted to play uh, Bruce Banner with uh, that <laughs> Russian hair tattoos. and Russian tattoos gold and teeth. gold teeth. The but, cockatiel. Uh, they... <laughs> the cockatiel hulks out. <laughs> Don't make me angry. It's a hulkatiel. Hulkatiel. <laughs> <Cock-a-hulk>. There. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same no. ring, but it is I more like fun to say. Though, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the next bit of interesting trivia was that Mickey Rourke essentially just decided to go crazy and do this part the way he wanted to do it. And I think John Favreau was too terrified of Mickey Rourke to say anything different. With good reason. Um yeah. You don't argue with that man. Yeah, the um he was he was pretty much cast because of the wrestler. He and once it's just I always find it just baffling that they did not choose someone who actually spoke Russian. This like okay, I'll give you Emil Blonsky. They made up a backstory that he was raised in England. Okay? It's fine. This man is literally from Moscow. <laughs> get him get a Russian to play him. Um, At least someone who can do a more convincing Russian accent. Anyone. I, as I say, I could do a much more convincing Russian accent than he could. <laughs> um, and my Russian accent sounds like Boar's bad enough. The, uh, the other one is uh, the character of Natalia Romanoff was actually a lot of people wanted that part a lot of women wanted that part some of the people who i think were like i read a lot but i think the most convincing one that probably would have gotten the part was emily blunt mm, yeah. what i heard was originally supposed to play the part but had to drop out because of filming uh there was problems with with her filming gulliver's travels the uh oh, jack black vehicle ooh. She I, made the right, right. call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as we as we've seen. I actually think she would have been better because a she's probably could have pulled off a Russian accent, maybe. And I just like Emily Blunt a lot. I like Emily Blunt more than I like Scarlett Johansson. Oh. It's just a personal preference on my yeah, part. Yeah, sure. Um, there was other people too, including like uh, Natalie Portman, Keira Knightley, a lot of other you know typical yeah. Hollywood ingenue type characters brought in. Yeah, you know, uh, character actresses brought in. Yeah, but you know, it went to Scarlett Johansson. You know, whatever. She's it's, fine. She's, the part she's played that part, uh, or or will probably go on to play, play that, that part, part yes. in several films. See, it's fun to stay and in the, it in the will timeline. Be, uh, yeah. 
it will be interesting to see if and how she progresses. Yes. She will. Right, so let's talk about uh, the things we liked and the things we didn't like in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? Upon watching it last night and this night, I started off, I texted you last night when I was watching it. I was just like, I can't believe it. I'm going to redo this. I don't want to do this project anymore. I can't watch this movie. <laughs> I, but, I, I quit. But after re-watching it yesterday and watching it again today, I'm. it's growing on me. It's, yeah. it's not as bad as I think it is. It's not as bad as the Hulk. Let me put it to that way. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think I agree. That yeah. the Hulk that 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 it that it's slightly better than the Hulk, if for no other reason than um, it benefits from the 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 charisma of a lot of what worked in the first movie. As I the the things that worked, they brought along a lot of things that worked in the first movie, including the the My Girl Friday stuff that I always talked that I talked about with the first movie. It was his like, Girl Friday, yes. his Girl Friday. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with, with you know between. Uh, Pepper Potts and Tony Stark, their banter between each other mm-hmm. just goes to show that there is a relationship built there. We're dropped into the middle of it. We understand that there is something between the two of them, not necessarily sexually, but there is a a, a relationship. Yes, an mutual inc- respect kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. witty banter, all that business. Every character Chemistry. in this, every character in this movie is just. It's so enjoyable to watch. Even even Mickey Rourke, who I'm just like, holy jeez, how did he get away with doing all of this stuff? He doesn't have to. He doesn't really do a lot. But it, I mean, there's a lot of him sitting there and scowling and some muttering. <laughs> in the ocean, even some of his uh, the 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 guys that he you know he, he gets out of the jail cell and he and he you know he yeah. kills the soldiers. I mean, there's a lot of that where. None, none of that even happens on screen. He doesn't even have to do a lot of action. Yeah. He kind of stands there most yeah. of the time. Maybe maybe he's more of a genius than we think, and like a lot of his decisions were to make him so memorable in a character that's not really that memorable of a character, I guess. I, maybe that's just like, he's like, you know what? This is I'm glad I'm in a Marvel movie, but no one's going to remember me as the villain. Like, If I had told, asked you before you watched The Hulk who was the villain in The Hulk, you would have no idea. Yeah, no, I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee you, by the third, by the f- fifth podcast we do, you won't remember that Tim Roth was the villain in the Hulk. Because I'll tell you what, I didn't remember Tim Roth was the villain in the Hulk when I first went back and rewatched the movie. Now I wonder. This is two years away from Heath Ledger's performance. Yeah, it's very in true. The Dark Knight, and I wonder if there was a bit of you know. Uh, not necessarily uh, Mickey Rourke watching that movie, going like, "I want to do that," but maybe being yeah, sort I of consulted. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that. Maybe being consulted, and 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 other people being like, "Well, look at this. Like this happened. Like this is the yeah. way to get a nomination for your performance in, in a, a comic in a comic book, book movie yeah. is to go." Balls out. And maybe that's, maybe that's what he did. He, he was trying to ledger it. He's trying to ledger it, not cheatle it. <laughs> no, he, he didn't want to cheatle that part. He wanted to ledger it. Now let's talk about our two favorite performances in this movie. One, Senator Sam- Gary, Gary oh, Shandling. Senator Gary Shandling. Yes. Who just like I don't know why they picked him to play that part, but I'm so glad they did. 
Janine, I can't, I can't even move my face. Come on. I'm just gonna, I'm squinting. He's so Who over is that? Botox. Is that Duchovny? <laughs> is that David Duchovny well, down there? I, I, I don't know who the joke was originally made about, but you could say about Gary Shandling or Mickey Rourke that he looked like Farrah Fawcett towards the end. <laughs> Both of them. Sides, yes. Either way. Either way. They're just so over Botox and overworked. Um, and the other performance, of course, is Sam Rockwell, who's yeah. just so brilliant. And he's a great a- contrast to the Jeff Bridges character in the first movie. It's fun to see sort of another young, yeah, uh, almost Tony similar Stark to yeah. the Tony Stark character. He's but, Tony Stark without the no morality, more uh, greedy, well, none, none more of the, of the bad. None of the genius of Tony right. Stark. You know, none of the right. the stuff that makes him worth having. Or like. If you put the two of them to the in, together in a room, the like in reality, the only difference between Tony Stark and Justin Hammer is Tony Stark, given time, will create stuff that is useful. Justin Hammer, yeah. as we learned, is just useless. He's, right. He's but he's, somehow he's created an entire he's a, company. Well, he's yeah. right. He's a phony, and that's the thing: is everything is fake, everything is a shell, and he's just trying to get his way into the Pentagon. The the ex-wife, the yeah. giant missile missile rocket bullet thing that's that supposed to work, level yeah. everything. Of course, he shoots that at at uh, Mickey Rourke toward the end in the climax, and of course, it just is a little firework. Fizzles, it doesn't do yeah. anything. Uh, yeah. That being the gag, that being the metaphor for that character anyway. And, and I love Sam Rockwell almost in every movie I've ever seen Sam Rockwell and Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, that's the uh, big the, the, standout. The one that you always think about. But I mean, he's like almost the same character that he plays in Galaxy Quest in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I love Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yes, you do. So, I mean, I, I would, if you love Sam Rockwell in this movie, go watch Galaxy Quest because it's just more of the same, more fun Sam Rockwell stuff. Um... So yeah, that's those are the two I think standout performances on the Gary Shandling and uh, yeah. Sam Rockwell. Um, Mickey Rourke is 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 fine. He's interesting, but it's just like so like this just almost takes me it's out of the movie. It's such an odd choice. Yeah. It's nothing like the first movie. It's not even anything like Hulk. It's just this guy who shows up with this weird, confusing X. thing that. He's just, he's whipping with electricity and nobody even, there's no like explanation as to why he would even come up with that. It's well, just like, the, I the other whip thing, things with electric, like would come up with that. Well, the whole thing is, is the subplot, which I don't even think I mentioned in the recap that his dad worked on the, on the arc reactor with Tony Stark. I think I did mention we, that. We, yeah. Cause they, hit they briefly. show it yeah. at the beginning. And the whole reason is he wants revenge against uh, Tony Stark's dad because he had his dad deported. And, he, and the dad had him deported because he wanted to make money off the arc reactor, which is kind of a really dumb thing to get a person deported back to Ru- Soviet Russia for. I mean, like, what's the – what was Tony Stark yeah. – what was John Slattery thinking at that point? <laughs> I mean, granted, it was a little earlier, but c- come on. It's like, don't be a, don't be a jerk. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that didn't work about this movie for me was that a lot of – there was still some – it wasn't as – funny and clever i mean the first movie was very had a lot of fun with just the idea of what iron man is and could be and because people weren't familiar with the character you they you know marvel got to have a lot of fun with kind of toying with the idea of what this character could be and 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 warming people up to the idea and having robert downey jr play the, the the character by the time you get into the second one, it's all old hat, and it's got to be, it's got to up the ante, and I don't feel like it does. Well, I, I feel f- like it was just the same story, 
I mean, it was just, it, it felt, it didn't feel like we went anywhere. Yeah. It felt like we just, it was like the next day, and now he has to fight this guy, and then it's done. Yeah, I think I think one of the, one of the big missteps is they kind of missed the heart of the movie, which is, Tony Stark starts the movie saying, I am the greatest nuclear, I'm the greatest deterrent your enemies have. You know, why are you fighting me on this? I'm the greatest deterrent. And then midway through the movie, they have like, well, now this other guy has it, which means our enemies have it. Yeah. Which is a parallel to the the nuclear bomb thing. You know, like J. Robert Oppenheimer saying like, you know, like I'm the creator of the bomb. You know, I, I am become death, you mm-hmm. know, and like how he felt now that the Russians had it. And then all of a sudden he goes, you know, it's like that sort of storyline. It's like you created this weapon, you're pretending and you you say you're keeping us safe, but now your enemies, ha- our enemies have it. What do you do now? You know, you're supposed to be protecting us like that pressure that's put on him. It's all kind of put to the wayside because of this stupid bi- side story of him having this palladium poisoning, which yeah. did not need to be in the movie. Well, and 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 going off of that, I mean, I think it would have worked better to put it in a global context, if Mickey Rourke's character was uh, an, 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 an operative of yeah. the Russian government or of some other government, yeah, instead you know, of or instead even of another just a, co- even just a, a, a evil bad guys, instead yeah. of just this guy who's like I'm good to make whip things, and then you know he's he's a personal vendetta. Yeah, that doesn't fit. In this context this of, gl- of geo- this framework yeah. of the story of 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 its you know geo global politics yeah, yeah. It, it's none of that those two things didn't gel you'd pick one like even if it was like British people going we would like you to sign <laughs> ourselves a British Iron Man armor we'd like it to make tea and crumpets <laughs> you know how you know how this would have worked if, if it had been like a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. It needed to have like that Cold War spy yeah. element to it, which they what they they had Ivan Vanko, they had Black you know, Black Widow. It's like you have all these elements, yeah. use them, make it make this more global. Don't make this so yeah. localized. And Sean know, Connery would have gotten it right. <laughs> I'm gonna make whipped things with my hands. <laughs> Whips. I'm gonna hit a woman when she gets a little crazy. I'm Tony Stark. I'm the greatest nuclear deterrent. I am Iron Man. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, do anything else on the things you like, things you no, didn't like. No. All right, so what we want to talk about um, the song, and I wanted to talk about the soundtrack Music. to this movie, yeah, because it was like you were just taken aback by like every time something popped up, and I just wanted to. Uh, it to... was just so, yeah, <laughs> just so intentional. There was nothing. I'm used to movies that try to work in like uh, you know, ooh, that's an obscure, you know, I know that song. That's what this was just like. This is Radio Clash. Like, <laughs> I mean, like the out of nowhere for like twenty seconds of the Clash. Well, I mean, it's just like it, well, first of all, the entire soundtrack is pretty much ACDC, like in the first one. I mean, yeah. shoot to thrill, rock and roll, damnation, guns for hire, um, cold hearted man, back in black, thunderstruck. 
Uh, if you want blood, evil walks, TNT, hell ain't a bad place to be. Those are all in the movie. Ah, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much. And then, of course, you had um, you know, all the ones that we talked. Maybe not all of these are in the movie, but that's the soundtrack, mm. the actual soundtrack. But then there's also the music in the movie that includes um, should I stay or should I go? Yeah, lots of the Clash. The Magnificent Seven by the Clash. Another one bites the dust. It takes two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, and of course Robot Rock by Daft Punk. Yeah, that's right. It's the Magnificent Seven. I think I said this is Radio Clash. No, this is it's yeah, it's that's the one with the boxing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Different but it's, it's just like, this is just a weird collection. It's like whatever was on John Favreau's iPod at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the John Favreau approved list of music that you could put in that movie. Just weird. Like, I'm not like a huge fan of, I, I know later on, probably seven movies down the road from now, they'll probably get soundtracks correct in movies. <laughs> but I'm not saying, you know, I don't know for sure, because in no. the timeline, we well, don't no. know. Yeah. They might be we'll able to, to find out. make it something worthwhile, but <laughs> it's just weird. Like, and the first, I'm not a huge ACDC fan. I like no. AC, ACDC, but it's just like... I don't need that much. But you know what? ACDC kind of works in the whole Iron Man scheme of things, where it's just like, yeah, I could see him being like, like me and you would be like, Iron Man. Who does he think he is? Yeah. <laughs> Iron to, Man's too mainstream. Listen to ACDC. Now, if you listen to Bell and Sebastian. So now we're gonna we're gonna to one of my favorite parts of where we're gonna throw Iron Man two into a different mm. decade. And this is with you without thinking. I know. I usually need a lot of time to think about it. So right. I was trying to think because basically I'm still gonna well, cast. Would, do you want to just? Would it just be the sequel would, after our be, first yeah. one? Well, yeah. Let's let's do the sequel. Same so, cast. So, so I still 70s. I'm still going with Paul Newman. You're still going with Paul Newman. I'm still going with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And uh and uh Tom DeLuise and. <laughs> uh sally field is all of them so now we have to add in um we have to add in uh ivan vanko for whiplash yeah uh and black widow we have to add in and maybe a justin hammer we'd have to add in too mm. it's gonna be rough yeah i'm, I'm not gonna lie on this well one. i know we want uh we want a you know who i'm gonna cast as, as ivan vanko who? i'm just gonna throw it out there right now who? robert mitchum Ooh. I don't care how, how old he is in the 1970s. I want Robert Mitchum for that part. See, I was just about to say, I know we were talking about how you need to get a Russian, and I'm glad you said not a Russian name because I kind of want to go with Christopher Lee. Oh, that'd be good, too. Yeah. <laughs> with his whips. He'd actually have whips. <laughs> I want Robert Mitchum. And he makes them. He just says, zap, <laughs> as he whips. I, I want Robert Mitchum because Robert Mitchum is is like Mickey Rourke in a lot of ways. Like Mickey Rourke's in shape, but he still looks like he's out of shape. So like that's Robert Mitchum. He's out of shape, in shape guy. So <laughs> that's what I want for that for that part right there. Um for um for Justin Hammer, I know it's a little it's a little late in the um whole in the whole you know it's it's the seventies, so it's a little later, but I still think that Jerry uh Jerry Lewis could pull that off. Jerry Lewis 
you know, playing that kind of yeah. wiener part. Okay. Either he could play he could play the the, the Gary Shandling part too. I think it would sure. work. Either one, I think. I just want to see Jerry Lewis in that part. Right oh, uh, yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. I don't have I don't have one uh, no. at this point, so I'll no. go with it. I'm going to cast him as a dual part where he's going to be playing both so he can cross-examine himself in the courtroom scene as the senator and as Justin Hammer in a, st- in a very stereotypical Jerry Lewis sort of way. But I don't know. I kind of just wanted to break Robert Richmond as Whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> now we now we need a, a Black Widow. That's the other thing. Yeah. I'm I'm going with Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Yep. Straight up Charlie's Angels. Farrah Fawcett. That's a good one. I was just looking through at Bond girls, and uh, oh. I don't know. Maybe we can go with like Britt Eklund or something, who's Ooh. in The Man with the Golden Gun, or you could get yeah. Jane Seymour. What about what from about Live and Let Die? Who played Plenty of Tool? That was Natalie Wood's sister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get her. There you that go. That might be a little. That might. Well, no, I might be right because she. I think she was. I think you gotta go with the mid seventies. This is yeah. Roger Moore. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that was, she's uh, a little girls, early for that. So. Um, but that I think she could work. Whatever Natalie Wood's sister's name is, this <laughs> like, would probably she played Plenty O'Toole. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah, yeah. you got Barbara Bach, who was in yeah. uh, The Spy Who Loved Me in '77. Let's go with that. Okay, one I'll, of those. I'll, I'll give it's it. Gonna to you. It's gonna be a Bond. It's gonna be okay. But I want Farrah Foster's majors. Farrah Fawcett majors. That's fine too. Yeah. So that's yeah. Basically, I don't know, but I'm the still, same I'm cast. Thinking, I'm thinking Natalie Wood's sister now that I'm just thinking about it, just for the hell of it. So now we're going to talk about our, our final rating of the, of Iron Man 2 out of 10 because I refuse to yeah. give it. I hear you. Yeah, I understand. Well, I uh, I always have to. I'm thinking about in relation. I gave uh, Iron Man 7 out of 10. Yeah, I give it I, 8. And you gave it 8. I gave Hulk 5 out of 10. Uh, I believe you gave it a six. Six, but you know, uh, I, I I sat there thinking about it while watching the movie. I'm gonna go with you on a five. I'm just gonna okay. I'm gonna bring it down to a five. All right, uh, I'm gonna give Iron Man two a six. I think it was in, in comparison to both the first movie and to Hulk. I think it was better than Hulk, but I think it was a a, a sharp enough decline from the first one. Um, maybe I need to adjust because I I don't feel like it was only. One, because I said seven. I don't think it was one down from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll adjust too, and I'll I'll retroactively give the first Iron Man an eight. I don't know. I I, I almost want to move the first Iron. After watching these two, I almost feel like, man, I gave Iron Man like Iron Man should be like way up there. I should almost give Iron Man a nine, but mm. whatever. Um, I kind of feel like uh this would be about a seven for me, a six or a seven. Like it it is lower than Iron Man, but I still like. I. In retrospect, I thought far worse of this movie than it actually I re- than than it actually was. I remember really not liking it, and I think compared to the first one, I think people had high expectations, and no one really knew what to make of this movie. Yeah. But sitting here, uh, six, yeah. mm, four, almost five years later, yeah. um, it it it's not as bad as I think we remembered. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I th- I'm I'm very very surprised that um, I liked it as much as I did. After like with such negative memories of it, yeah, 
And I, I liked Hulk way more in my memories than I liked of this movie. And like rewatching Hulk, I'm just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> So our last little segment here. How does this fit into the MC universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe? So we have, of course, this we're is obviously working toward the Avengers initiative. Yeah, this is the first big Marvel one. You had the big Which Marvel, is probably Avengers, what Marvel yeah. called it internally as well. The the Avengers universe, the Avengers initiative, Avengers initiative. <laughs> um, and of course, you have Captain America's Shield showing up. You have Agent Coulson coming back. Thor's hammer at the end. Mm-hmm. A lot more Nick Fury. Um, you well, have... Yeah, we didn't mention that Captain America shield. Yeah, it's... He's like, where'd you get that? He's, He's like, like oh, I'm going to put it under the thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got a star. It's, it's got stripes. Yeah, people, people are going to like this. People get it. People get jokes. Yeah. I forgot to mention in the Hulk um, podcast that we did that at the in the deleted scene from the Hulk, you actually see Captain America in the ice at the end of the Hulk movie. Oh, seriously? Yeah, in a, in a deleted scene. Yeah. It's I'm not... glad they cut that. Yeah. But aside from – because Hulk is sad Hulk walking away in the Antarctic for some reason or the North Sea for some <laughs> odd reason. But, yeah, this was – so how are you feeling now that you're you're getting the this idea that you're part of a larger universe here? Um, I still am very – I still balk a bit at the idea of the movies being – that that this is all so carefully engineered. I think it's from a from a, a standpoint of these movies in just these movies. Yeah. Um. I think that it's fun and harmless yeah. to be like, oh, we're gonna set up. Oh, this is this thing yeah. that's gonna be revealed later, and then yeah. oh, this will be important later. Um. And it's and it's fun to see the everything. Like, don't um, don't you find that? Don't, but yeah. don't, what I'm saying is, is isn't it kind of fun that you're like. Oh, this is a reference to this, and that, like there was a scene where Nick Fury is talking to to Cap, uh, Iron Man at the end. Oh, uh, Tony Stark at the end, where you see the Hulk footage from the Hulk playing on the TV, mm-hmm. um, like as the Hulk's rampage across that. Yeah, you you get to see that these things are happening somewhat simultaneously, and you get to see that they're all in the same yeah. world, the same yeah. universe, literally. Um, I'm sk- still cynical, still um, cynical about it. Well, I feel that it is cynical because i think that there's a way to read it as as someone watching it who's who's able to you know you're 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 having fun with it and and it's and it's yeah. harmless like i said but i don't like the idea of all of these movies being just i feel like in a lot of respects the 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 art of the movies and the storytelling and everything that they're doing is secondary to setting up all the pieces and making sure that this is right so that we can have this you know 8 to 10 year long range yeah. plan to put people in seats and make you know millions of dollars well i think this is this was the last movie where they this is what i this is the last movie in what i call the favroverse like this kind of setup of the of the of the Marvel universe that Favreau helped create. I think I think it goes a little bit into probably the next two movies, but the next two movies are the beginning of what I call the Whedon verse. If we can mm. if we skip the timeline a little bit, but this is uh, a little bit on the 
it's on the Favreau side. And I still think that um, basically what they're doing is they're letting you in, not on the joke, but on the universe. They're making you part of it. They're, they're bringing you in by saying you're part of a much larger world. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do to you as the audience member is bringing you in saying, hey, these are all connected. And you're not just watching, you know, 12 yeah. movies independent of each other. They, these, There's a point to watching all of these, I guess, is what it's I'm saying. And but what I also like is that this is kind of like the last of the mindless action movies that Marvel tends to do, sort of, kind of. I mean, we mm. still see a little bit of it, but after the, the you know jumping the timeline, this is the last pure action movie that they do. Everyone kind of takes on a genre, whether it's fantasy, science fiction, political thriller. Um, yeah, you know. You know something on top of that. I mean, this is this is a pure action movie, in in, in some yeah. respect. Other ones are like science fiction action or fantasy action. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's some other layer to it, and, and yeah, something I, brought I, into I, it. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, also this is just a uh, this is um, I. That's why I I tend to. I, I feel very different about this movie because it is a pure action movie as opposed to um, having something else attached to it. Yeah. I like it when they make it political. I like it when they make it fantasy or sci-fi or something like that. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts? No. No. We'll just, we'll just see. We'll, we'll see. just see. We'll see because, how these next movies hold well, up. That's because for next week we have... I don't know. I remember that movie being pretty thorrible. <laughs> Go to planetarbitrary.com for all your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on pl- uh, Twitter at, at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at K White says like our Facebook page backslash planet arbitrary. You could also find us on iTunes, rate, comment, subscribe. It's the best way you could help out the podcast is by putting on a little comment saying you like us. Mm. Um, we're actually under the planet arbitrary podcast. Um, that's where you could find us the best. Um, we're also on Stitcher radio. Listen to our other podcasts. We have um, the Patch Retro Video Game Review Podcast, a.k.a. Play On. And you also have Game On, where you can uh, find us also on Facebook. So, Kevin, uh, until next time. Yeah, is that David Duchovny down there? Uh... Comic. Oh, watch it.